Hello, and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I'm Anna Rutberg. And I'm Casey Muratori. And our movie, our final movie in February, is The Philadelphia Story. Please state the theme. The theme? Yes, you said our final movie in February, which is... Oh, I thought you meant the theme of the movie, and I'm like, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> the theme of the month is rom-coms, romantic comedies. That's right. Yeah. This is probably one of the oldest romantic comedies that you could find. Really? I mean, it's a really old movie. It is. It's one of the oldest ones anyone's heard of, let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, the I think the thing that's kind of the most fun about this movie is just the fact that it is an old movie and it's got three of like the most famous old movie stars that exist, right? A- especially yes. at their at their most like youthful and beautiful. Most people who have never seen a movie with Jimmy Stewart or a movie with Cary Grant or a movie with Katherine Hepburn yeah. still know the names Jimmy Stewart, Cary Grant, and Katherine Hepburn. Yeah. That's how famous those people were, right? Yeah. Uh, is you know their names even if you've never seen a movie with them in it. Well, and I've, you know, most of the movies I've seen with those actors are later, and they're a little older. But in oh, this okay. movie, they're, like, young and attractive, and it's like, Cary Grant in this looks just like George Clooney to me. He does. I mean, um, it, it, it's, he definitely, and George, he and George Clooney are basically yeah. the same person for all intents and purposes. They even have similar delivery, yeah, it's, line delivery. it's impressive. Just, like, the classic, <laughs> the classic movie star thing. I mean... Even Jimmy Stewart, who obviously we've talked about in Vertigo, we didn't love. I think he's yeah. better in this movie because he's like he's kind of goofy in this movie. So no, like Jimmy Stewart sucks in this you hate, movie. You hate Jimmy Stewart. Um, the he's supposed to be playing someone who is sort of very like sophisticated in terms of their like you know thought complexity and composing and all that sort of stuff right he's he's playing like a writer who's you know very good at it or whatever and all this sort of thing and uh, his affectation you could totally see someone playing a writer who was very good who was very able to create literarily interesting things and very sophisticated things but who nonetheless was you know, boorish or shy or whatever, because, you know, writers, writers don't have the same personality as they have in their writing as they do in everyday life. Some do, you know, Christopher Hitchens or somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Some people have the same exact personality in their writing as they do in their, you know, persona, but others don't. But in this particular case, like, I just found it totally unconvincing. Like, I didn't really get I, I never at any time got the feeling that this person could actually have been a writer. Yeah. Never. Well, like, he felt like someone who never could ever have been a writer because he felt like Jimmy Stewart, <laughs> who isn't a writer, right? It, and, and it came through. It, he, he, I don't feel like he accessed any sort of convincingly, like, you know, writer, but who is uh, – Chip on his shoulder writer is really what he was, you know, how his character was written. Mm-hmm. Never felt like that. Yeah. Not even once to me. I think that's a problem this movie has with most of its main characters where it it the 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 plot sort of describes that because I mean, it's, it's based on a play. And so it is very like wordy, very talky. Right. And the character, the, there's a lot of like talking about w- who characters are like they, they're talking about Catherine Hepburn's character in a certain way. Like she's kind of like holier than thou kind of person right who thinks she thinks of herself so highly or whatever they they talk about her in this way that 
I'm like, I don't see this from the character. Like, I kept getting a little thrown off by that where I'm just like, I feel I'm feeling one way about this character and everyone in the movie is talking about them as though they are yes. something else. And it ends up with this like kind of disjointed feeling where I, I, I don't know. There are a lot of problems with the movie. I guess I would say my prediction last week that I w- <laughs> would think the movie was lousy actually overshot the mark. I thought this movie was insufferable. It was so bad that after, you know, 10 minutes, I was just, I was so unhappy. <laughs> it's the first time I think I've ever been that unhappy that we were doing movie club because it meant I couldn't shut it off. <laughs> like the the little girl is so fantastically annoying mm-hmm. that it's like painful to finish watching a scene the characters are all actors who I think can't act. Cary Grant can't act. Jimmy Stewart can't act. Catherine Hepburn can't act. They're not actors. Well, they're, they're just doing, people it's, in a movie. It's a different style of acting, you know, that during that time. It's, th- it's non-acting is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would go quite so far. I, I think that's... It's oration is what it is. It's a different yes. thing than... It's not acting like another person. It's public speaking it's a different it's a different trade in my mind right it's like yeah it's i'm gonna deliver these lines but there isn't really a lot of acting going on like like i don't reflect much there's not a lot of like responding to what someone's saying by like how would my character think there's not a lot of thinking line ahead like okay, if I'm going to say this on the next line, I should be thinking this on this line, so you should see that happen in my face. You know, all this stuff that you would consider modern acting, not here, right? Because it's too old, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think Uh, that, that, isn't it like Brando, who a lot of time gets like credited for sort of like shifting how actors acted? It could be. uh, It could be. I don't know when that shift occurred. I would say if you watch Citizen Kane, it's it's not really like that. So somebody was thinking about this. Maybe Orson Welles was thinking about this. Well, Orson more. Welles is so was so ahead of his. He's time. He's a little too ahead of his time. Orson Welles is like a on another planet. He is on another else. planet. In any case, it's just I, I think it, I totally agree. Well, while I actually I think I enjoyed watching it probably more than you in okay. that I was f- fine with it. Like I, I mean I was a little bored, but um yeah. But I don't know. I like I kind of sometimes enjoy watching really old stuff just because it's it's so old. Like you're seeing. Yes. It's like a window into a, a time that you, you know, that's so distant now, you know, between yeah. what people are wearing, what they look like, yes. how they're dressing. Um, yeah. I, that that on its own is often enough to make me at least mildly entertained throughout. So it had that going for it. But that's kind of like a one time thing. Right. That's not going to be. Something that's going to be fun on a rewatch. Uh, yeah, no. I think, I mean, I think also this movie is just not funny, really. I mean, there's a couple of moments. There were two jokes in it that I couldn't remember. And other than that, there were no, there was nothing humorous. Like, I, I literally can't think of a single, single thing that was supposed to be actually humorous. Uh, or rather that. I can think of several things that the people who wrote this thought would be humorous, so that's not really what I mean. What I mean is things that you could legitimately claim were supposed to be humorous. There were two. One was when the ur- like urn-shaped thing closes after Jimmy Stewart puts the spoon back in. Mm-hmm. That was legitimately funny. It was a bit of physical comedy. Mm-hmm. It like The timing of that was like good comic timing. Mm-hmm. The other one was when... 
I think Cary Grant talks to I have trouble remembering everyone's name in this. So Cary Grant talks to Jimmy Stewart's partner. Partner, yeah, yeah. The photographer. The photographer. Who's none of their names I don't remember. Other than C.K. Dexter C. K. Haven. C.K. Dexter, yeah. So when when um when Cary Grant talks to Jimmy Stewart's the further let's call her the photographer, mm-hmm. talks to the photographer, he says something like can you use a typewriter? And she says, like, no, I've already got one. <laughs> That's, like, legitimately a joke. Yeah. It was kind of funny. It was yeah. almost like a Marx Brothers line. It was, like, something that would happen in the Marx Brothers. Someone would ask Groucho Marx, mm-hmm. can you, c- could you use a typewriter? He's like, no, thanks, I've already got one. You know, like, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think there was... The, uh, other than that, there's nothing com- comedic in it I don't, that I know well, of. Well, there, there was a little bit of attempted, I think, situational humor, or at least that's how I interpret it. So, like... There was once the, the one of the earlier scenes that I actually thought was kind of like I kind of thought they were going in a certain direction with this movie that they didn't end up really going. But me, me too. Um, so like when we first see Catherine Hepburn and her family, they're acting in a certain way, uh-huh. and then when the, then they're they've decided to basically like manipulate right, Jimmy yeah. Stewart and the photographer. Yeah. Um, and so when she comes in, when the little girl comes in, and then Catherine Hepburn come in, and they're putting on this total act yeah. and Catherine Hepburn just like skewers him right I I thought that was pretty funny like not in a laugh out funny. loud way not okay. in a laugh out loud way but in like a uh I like that this act that they're putting on I like that they're pretending to be this type of person and she's sort of using that to like not let him kind of manipulate her uh I kind of thought that that made me feel like the movie was actually going to go in like a certain direction of like, yeah, there are multiple things that made me think the movie's going in a certain direction. Like a typical typical comedy is like, oh, the the patriarch has to pretend to be the uncle and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's comedy. They literally introduce it in one scene and then just decide not to do it well, in the next. And, and you're like, like, wait, what? And the same and the same thing with like the act that they're yeah. putting on. They drop it and almost yeah. immediately. Whereas I thought that was going to be like. Kind of the whole movie is this, at this balancing act of them trying to like, which would have been, I think, pretty entertaining. I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. Like I the couldn't first understand thing, it. I think the, the first scene that like absolutely confused the hell out of me and threw me off was when he goes to the library. And, and she's and there. And she's there and she's reading his book. Yeah. There's like a time cut there that we don't know about. But, we think it's and, like right after the previous scene, but it's yeah, not. But, but, and, they, and that I can kind of hand wave away and be like, okay, I get it. Time has passed and we just don't know. Yeah. Really. I mean, it was, but, just, it was just poorly edited. But, like, but yeah. My thought would have been like, okay, she's gone there to read his book, I guess, to try to figure out who she's dealing with here. Right. And she ends up, I guess, being impressed by the book and kind of deciding not to have put on this act anymore. Because at that point forward, like I thought when she was talking about how good it was at first, I'm like, oh, is she lying to him? Is she manipulating him? Like, is this part of her act? Yeah. But it like wasn't. And then the act, it it was gone from there on out. She's just being herself. And uh, so that was, like, pretty confusing to me. There was an obvious setup for comedy. They just decided not to do it. Yeah. And it ends up being a movie that's, like, the only way you could really – the only reason you would consider this a comedy is in, like, the traditional sense of the word comedy, meaning that – It's not a tragedy. It ends happily. (laughs) Yeah, Right? Like, people don't kill themselves at the end, hence this is a comedy, is Mm -hmm. about all you can really say about it in terms of comedic things – there's not a lot of, like, you're going to laugh at this movie. I think there's other things, too. I mean, a lot of it you just can be okay with because it's an old movie. But there's certainly things about relationships that in the modern age we don't... 
like we think a bit a little bit differently about. So like you know the the fact that CK yeah. Dexter Haven is abusive to her, right? He 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 hits her. That's right. I guess at the time that was just not that big a deal, but today it's kind of a bigger deal. Uh, and it in, feels in the comedy, in other words, yeah. it's it's not even this is not a drama where you might say like, oh, this is portraying a aspect. You know, in a modern drama, having the the what the man be abusive to the wife would not be unusual because no. it's a drama, right? You're right. talking about an abusive relationship or you're, you know, that's setting the stage for something. So it wouldn't be out of place. But in like a lighthearted comedy kind of thing where you're trying to make that, it's you would never put that in today because the audience is going to be like, they're going to focus on that, yeah. right? They're well, going to be like, oh my God, that was horrible. And they're not going to be thinking like, oh, this charming rogue, like that, which is yeah. uh, presumably what was would have been thought back then. It's like, oh yeah, sometimes I push my wife down in the vestibule of our house. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that charming? Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's weird. And that's the opening. <laughs> so the first thing that you know about Cary Grant's character, who's supposed to be charming and comedic for the rest of the film, uh, is is literally his introduction is pushing his wife over. Yeah, literally and, over. Not just pushing her, but she falls down. Yeah, it's violent. I mean, it's, it's violent. And, and like... And you know, so you come in with this impression that he's kind of a villain, and and that you would have thought, and it, and it and sort of that lasts for a little while because you're like, okay, he's setting it up so these like, but turns out not really. But then it turns out he's actually kind of trying to like help them. help them, and uh, and it's sort of like it's a mess. It's a mess, yeah, because it's. I, I mean, some of that's going to be just a passage of time thing because I think back then it was probably just more acceptable to like beat your wife i guess or but more even normal. even if it was so like even let's just assume yeah that that's acceptable and that's not the problem there's still other problems right so sure. separate yeah. from modern sensibilities the fact that we get all these mixed messages about Cary grant at the outset is not good because for example he's you know for the first thing we see of him is pushing his wife down we then see him like in the offices of the newspaper place or whatever that's supposed to be the publisher mm-hmm. whoever i don't know what that is but like something pu- some publisher yeah. who kid who's you know fairly central to the plot he shows even though it's not the in end, it. yeah um he's not really into much of it we see him there and he's like deadly serious he's consistent with the person who pushed his wife down in a way mm-hmm. right yes then the instant he shows up at the estate plantation, I don't know what's yeah. it's in Pennsylvania, so it's not really a plantation, but felt like one. Yeah, I mean this is it's like old money. This is society people, right? High society. The ladies who lunch are here, mm-hmm. and um, he's all of a sudden he's Groucho Marx or trying to be. He's like. Every line someone else says, he says some pithy little thing, usually not funny, but that's not what he appeared to be in his first two scenes. It's very jarring because you're like, wait, why is this guy suddenly very aloof and nothing bothers him and he just kind of shrugs it all off, right? It's very strange because that that characterization wasn't in the first two scenes with him. It's sort of like, I guess, we're maybe maybe meant to think that he has changed. Uh, He is not as angry or something as he was when he was with her. Yeah. Which I suppose, you know, I could believe. But it could also be uneven acting because the so 
the other thing that I should mention is, in fact, I even kind of remember this now that I'm casting my mind back to it. In the scene in the newspaper office, mm-hmm. I do actually remember thinking, wow, Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart are even worse actors than I thought they were. Mm. And the reason for that is because, so yet, yeah, you know what? This maybe just comes down to Cary Grant's terrible acting. Maybe he really was supposed to be quippy in that newspaper scene. Because now I'm, th- I'm thinking back to it now. Mm-hmm. I seem to recall, and I've only seen this movie the once, so I apologize I can't recall the exact lines, but I seem to recall that during that scene, they were supposed to have a quippy exchange. Mm -hmm. But Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant are so slow, which is another thing about this, because as I was watching, let me just say broadly, as I was watching this movie, I've seen a lot of plays, as we've mentioned, I think, before on the podcast, like, like hundreds of plays. I've seen this kind of play before, not this one, mm-hmm. but I've seen this kind. Right. And they have these little banter things that happen in them. It's a very standard thing where it's like someone's like, da 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 It goes very quickly yes. back and forth in front of the audience. And it's like that's a style of presenting this sort of dialogue. Mm-hmm. I could tell this was written that way. I could tell that that scene was supposed to be those two having a rapid fire exchange. But Jimmy Stewart is clocked down about like <laughs> 25% from a normal human. Like he can't, he literally can't be fast. He doesn't know how. Like the world goes by him. Like it, it must look to him like everything is the Autobahn. The, the world is just going by Jimmy Stewart at th- hundreds of miles an hour. And he just like goes, well, uh, those cars are fast, you know, or whatever, right? He do, he can't do it. So, you know, Cary Grant, who's a little faster, but also same way, like he he's very sluggish getting his lines out. So I think there was an exchange, I remember, where they said backs and forths when they were looking at things, right? They were like turned to each other. They were both over the desk. And there was about five or six lines they were supposed to alternate. And it took like a minute. It was like Jimmy Stewart would be like, well, I don't know about that. And Cary Grant would be like, yeah, maybe. You know, and, and it's just like, it was terrible. So now that I think about it, maybe we wouldn't have had that feeling. Maybe if they had actually, Cary Grant picks it up a little bit. Later in the movie, I noticed he sort of got his pacing yeah, down I, a little I was more. Actually gonna say- and he started to like actually be able to say the line on the back of the, the other line, because that's how that comedy works. You got to be like, it has to go like right after, if possibly overlapping, to make it feel funny and snappy. And Cary Grant was getting closer by the by the middle of the movie. He was starting to actually deliver punchlines at a time when the audience could actually appreciate them. Mm-hmm. But. You know, so maybe that was just him needing some runway. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, I do think it's the movie at some point toward the end, like sort of the characters actually start to feel more consistent a little bit they to do. me. I only the only person who I maybe thought Cary Grant. picked it up a little was Cary Grant. Well, by, and the, I think Cary by Grant, the end of the movie, he felt like he was getting the timing a little bit better. Well, and he also felt to me like I mean, because I think. He's meant to become pretty sympathetic. I mean, he has to because the ending yeah. doesn't make any sense if he hasn't at least you become... You can stop oh, sense there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we could talk about the ending because it, it doesn't... It's It doesn't make... It makes sense that you would call off your wedding 
and but also not want to be with the person you just kind of met. Right? Yes. Makes perfect sense. Yes. But it's like a warning. It's like, yeah, you really don't you shouldn't be marrying this person. Right. But then to turn around and get back together with, with your, your abusive ex-husband. Yes. Which we haven't had any lead which, up to. More like, importantly, like you say, there's been no actual establishment of why she might want to do that. Even if you take out the abusive part, because like we said, let's just assume that that's not how an audience at that time would have read it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, we all push our wives down from time to time. Yeah, you can take that out and just right? assume it's a So if we assume that that's not a then. thing because of time, because of different, 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 different attitudes, cultural... different social attitudes. Yeah. It still doesn't make sense. So even if you're like, hey, you probably shouldn't go back to the abusive husband, you're like, well, let's suppose you are going to go back to the abusive husband for some reason. Why? Like, where did that come from? I don't know. The only real thing they've done is talk about their boat. Yeah. That's it. That's all I could think of in the entire thing. You talked about the boat. It's it's actually kind of weird because it's almost as though we're meant to believe that it's Catherine Hepburn's fault that the relationship didn't work out because she was distant and and kind of aloof and and like i guess but, but of that, course but, we didn't see it so we don't saying, know like, that's it's almost as if as if that's how the movie's presenting it because they're presenting it as though as though she's had some sort of like realization and change of heart where she's like i need to be more human I, right yes and so it's as like as though the release the reason their relationship failed is because she was being too strong in that relationship with him and now she's like more human and therefore that relationship will work out. And it's just, I don't know, man. <laughs> I totally agree. If you want to just take the writers of this or writer or who, I don't know who's responsible for this thing at their word, then the idea of this film, to the extent that you can say that there is one, mm-hmm. it is actually like a female centered narrative that's supposed to be about a you know a woman sort of getting in touch with herself in some way that's what it's supposed to be about she has long conversations with her father about it mm-hmm. we hear everybody everybody all of the male characters are discuss her and how well, they view her and the movie is so mean to her it's like from our perspective she hasn't done anything wrong really Not she's really, just no. kind of like a fairly charismatic strong woman and they're just like you know you're a real piece of shit and it's just like everyone keeps saying that to her and she gets really upset and you're just like i don't understand like she's not (laughs) so like i don't know for a movie that's supposed to be about that as far as i can tell and again that's just me trying to figure out why the heck anyone wrote this thing because i don't really really it really feels like it's all over the place and and it's like kind of hard to figure out so it does It feels like it was supposed to be about that, and there's nothing in the movie about that. We hear everyone talk about that, mm-hmm. but, like, I mean, I don't know. It seems like she has a good relationship with her sister. Yeah, her little sister. Her little sister. It seems like she has a good relationship with her sister. Her father is blaming her for yeah. him Oh, yeah, that's ha- a whole other for thing. For him not having a good relationship with her. Her dad is, like, blaming her for the fact that he's, like, having an affair? Like, what the heck? Which like, maybe so Which maybe cruel. we could believe. I don't know. If somehow this movie had some content in it that showed us what that would be about. Like, some scenes where that was the case. But as far as I could tell, 
all the evidence is to the contrary. He's not even there. He's coming from New York or somewhere. Like, he doesn't even live there. So the idea that it could be her fault, he's, he's set up to be a distant father. Why wouldn't we assume that her problems are because he's not there and wasn't taking care of her? If she has these, these yeah. issues with connecting with people, maybe it's because her father doesn't live in the house and that was a problem. I don't know, but you certainly wouldn't go the other way and say like, oh, the father is distant and having an affair because the daughter no, is it's, cold. It's like, crazy. What? It's, <laughs> like, and, okay. and it's like, it's so weird. Very confusing. It's the opposite. Like, you could totally have, it's much like with the Carrie Grant thing of him being abusive. It's like, the father's being abusive here. He is. And it's playing it the opposite way as though, like, he's right. And it's so... And he comes around. So, like, yeah. it's, not only is it played as if this is, like, uh, a normal thing to blame your daughter for, that scene was, like, so messed up. I'm, it was really... It was super confusing because, again, I don't really think there's anything in particular that you can't make be true by showing other things that make it true. Meaning, there are so many weird things that happen in human relationships that right. I can believe just about anything if you give me enough setup mm-hmm. so that it seems like that feels natural. Yes. Whether it's Cary Grant pu- pushing his wife down or the father blaming the daughter for this, even if he's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Because we, we have, to, you have to remember that characters don't always have to tell the truth. Sure, yeah. I mean, he, could, he can just be taking out his anger about something on her and, and later come to, to real, like, right. apologize. Like, I totally agree. It's, about, it's not just about that one individual scene. It's about the context right. of that scene. The problem is we don't have any other right. scenes like that. And we never see an apology and we never see anything. So from the perspective of the audience, as far as we can discern, that was a genuine scene that was actually just stating something the writer thought was true because we get nothing else. We literally have no other context for interpreting that scene other than just literal. That's the only context we get for interpreting. And especially because the father never talks. We never see the father talk to anyone Ever. So we don't even know his character. We don't know if he's a liar. We don't know if he's abusive. We don't know if he makes things up or a pathological liar. We don't know if he has a change of heart. We don't know anything. He just he's just there to blame his daughter for his affair. And he shows up later to say he's proud of her. That's it. Yeah. No, it's it's really, really odd. It makes uh, no freaking sense. Not to mention the fact that, like, he's supposed to have switched places with the uncle for comedic purposes. That's the opening of the thing, which gets thrown away immediately. So we have, like, him come back as a setup for comedy. We throw away the setup. Then we use him (laughs) to make the daughter feel bad about herself because now she thinks that it's her fault that her father has been sleeping around. And then he shows up later to be like, I bless the marriage. What is going on in I this know, film? It's, it's, it's kind it's of, terrible. it's really, really weird. It's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. And it's like, it ends up feeling like kind of gross about, about like Catherine Hepburn's character, about the way it thinks about her. I don't know. Like, especially because like, you know, the, the only real thing, like you said, that that's, uh, you know, she's rich mm-hmm. and out of touch with the fact that other people aren't. Mm-hmm. So there's like a class issue Mm-hmm. That's naturally raised by the just that in mm-hmm. the in the film. Her and Jimmy Stewart have a brief conversation about that. Mm-hmm. 
But the rest of the movie is about apparently her icy persona or whatever. Which she doesn't have. But we never see anything (laughs) like that. Like the rich, the part about class is doesn't need to be explained. It can just be explored because we all know that if someone just inherited a bunch of money and a bunch of people around her don't, that that is a natural abrasive point. It's like that's going to come up potentially. Yes. Because some people might be resentful or some people might be insensitive or whatever else happens. It's an unfair situation those people have been put in, and they might come to loggerheads about it or whatever, or just at least discuss it. Mm -hmm. So fine. But that only happens for, like, two minutes of the movie. So if you wanted this to be about some other aspect of her personality, we need to see that. We need to see her doing things that let us know what it is that you're actually talking about. Because, like, to your point, they say all these things, and I'm like... What are you talking about? No, so it just it just ends up coming across as though that people are being really cruel to her because they're te- they're saying all these things about her that don't feel true, and it's hurtful <clears throat> to her, right? It's a, it's just but not in in private. So in private, they're all like, "She's amazing." So it's like, "What is happening here?" I know it doesn't make any. sense. <laughs> it's very very strange, and I it feels a little bit to me like there's probably a disconnect between what's written in the script. Or on the, you know what the play is and what the performances are. Maybe, like, it could just be an acting thing of like, well, maybe Catherine Hepburn isn't doing this. Maybe she's too charismatic and too warm, and and maybe you need someone who's a little bit icier. You know, it could just be like we're not getting that from the performance. It could be. Um, it could be. You know, you could imagine like in the first scene with the mother and the. The sister, right, where they're like talking about the wedding and stuff. You could imagine where she she comes off in that scene as like nice, nice and charismatic and and fun, right? Yeah. And that might just be like, well, no, we actually in that scene needed her to be really like cold and distant and kind of like depressing or something, right? Yes. Uh, and because she's not, it doesn't work. I, I could totally believe that. I mean, like I said, the acting in this is atrocious from start to finish. So I have no idea. It I could think the be acting, that with really the acting good... makes the movie confusing. It does. In a way that it might not have been had the acting actually supported what the characters are supposed to be acting like. It, yes. Um, I don't know. I really don't. Like, uh, I have nothing positive to say about this movie whatsoever. I hated every minute of it. I don't understand why entire things are in it. There's no point... There's like a there's like a lecherous uncle mm-hmm. again, which you would think would be because for comedic people. Like like if you look at this as just a setup, it seems like a screwball comedy. It's the textbook definition of a screwball comedy. If I were to describe it to you, not having seen the movie, yes, I'd be like, okay, so here's what happens. There's a woman on her wedding night. Her ex-husband arrives with two newspaper reporters who are going to do a a high society story on them. Mm -hmm. And she wants to make a good impression. But, right, her ex-husband is always meddling and trying to get her to slip up. And her uncle, she tries to pass off as her father because her father isn't there. And her her father is part of a scandalous affair that they're trying to hide. That they're trying to hide. But her father shows up in act two, right? This was the other thing that, that totally threw me off, by the way. Because, like, by in the early part of the movie, I'm still thinking, well, maybe the comedy just takes a while to get going. Okay, right? yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, maybe the comedy still hasn't gotten here mm-hmm, yet, but it's mm-hmm. coming, right? Because mm-hmm. I was told this was a comedy. Anyway, 
So normally what happens is you spend the first act. So like like how this would go in a normal play mm-hmm. is if it was two acts, this was at a time period where it probably would have been three. I think three was more common this early on. I'd have to think back. But a lot of plays from the early from that early uh, 20th century are three-act plays. But act one would be like all of that stuff where it's like, oh, we try to pass the uncle off as the father. Mm-hmm. The father wouldn't show up. Till the end of act till one. Till the end yeah. of act one. It'd yeah. be like, I'm back, right? Curtain. Then act two is like, so the audience the whole time is like, oh, crap. Now, like in act two, they're going to have to figure out how to shuffle this, like, so that it's not weird. Here, it's like, it's literally like one scene separates them saying that the uncle is the father. And then immediately they're like, and also the father's here. It's really weird. You're like, you never, you never did the first part of the comedy setup. Yeah. Right? Or, or, and, and I like, think what's happening? much like, and, and as I said before, too, the thing of them putting on an act also stops about the same time abruptly. Like, so the entire, what you think is going to be the comedic part of the movie vanishes. Um, it just goes away. It's so weird. And then other, there are other things like that. In other words, the perfect way to describe this movie is it has dozens of comedy setups. It's like filled with comedy setups and no comedy. Yeah. It's really strange. Here's another one. Jimmy Stewart and Catherine Hepburn have their little dalliance at the pool, right? And now everyone has to try and cover up the fact that that happened. That's that's the actual comedy that normally accompanies that. But everyone sees her come back. So yeah. they don't have to do that. The husband-to-be actually is there. It's so weird, right? Like you're just like – that was supposed to be the comedy. It keeps undercutting itself. What is wrong itself. with you? It keeps undercutting itself. It's like... Yes. And it also feels like it keeps changing what it is. It feels like this. the movie kind of like does this like sharp turn multiple times where you're like, okay, I guess we're something else now. I don't know. They even had like the watch and the jewelry. People were like grabbing those to get them out of sight. Why? The only person who actually can't know about this saw it. <laughs> it's so weird. They did, It's like, I don't understand. It's like they wrote down all the comedy setups and then we're like, well, we don't want to do any comedy in this. So let's resolve those really quickly. You're like, well, what is the, why are they there? <laughs> I mean, I think there's other stuff too that was like, felt like probably comedy at the time that doesn't come across as comedy now like was the, there well like the uncle is like he's just like this kind of gross guy and he's like constantly hitting on the photographer and he like pinches her butt and all this stuff and i think that's supposed to be funny and it definitely isn't funny but i don't know why it would even be funny at the time because maybe not in order for that sort of thing to be funny regardless of when you did it it has to have like some comedic element like, even if you're talking about Benny Hill or something, mm-hmm. which is that kind of comedy, he has to, like, chase her around the room or something. Like, there has to be something funny. It's never been funny ever for a guy to just pinch a girl's butt and that's the scene. Yeah. Right? That's never, like, there has been comedy about men lusting after women. There's plenty of that. But just, oh, what's the comedy? He pinches her ass. That's it? Like that's never been that's never been the comedy. He has to then be trying to do things and failing and what like like there's stuff that happens even in that kind of comedy, which is why I say it's all setups. They set up the fact that we have a lecherous uncle. He never does anything. He pinches her ass, and that's it. 
There's no actual comedy to associate this comedy setup. And so even if you take away the changed attitudes part of it, that it, it, I don't see why it would have been funny. It wouldn't have been yeah. funny even if you were predisposed to think that Letra's behavior was funny. Yeah. He never really does anything. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the only other scene that was like maybe mildly funny was like drunk Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> I guess he just seemed drunk. Yeah, but it was like mildly entertaining. Was it? Yeah. All right. Kind of goofy, just a doofy dude. It's really funny to see Jimmy Stewart slurring his words slightly more than he normally does I'm just in a saying, performance. In the, in the context, he of normally the movie, can't talk right. <laughs> I know. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. This movie's just like terrible, terrible, it just, terrible. It, it's. I felt confused throughout, like the whole thing. Same here. Just because I think it's it, it the movie has no idea what it's actually trying to be. It it probably should have gone drama. Yes. Unless somebody was going to suddenly hire an actual comedy writer to figure out why this was going to be funny. Yeah. Because they're really what's actually on the screen is mostly a drama, just a really lousy one. Mm-hmm. And it's a drama that like doesn't take itself seriously. But is presenting with you with these pretty serious things like, you know, abusive ex-husband comes right. back into your life on the eve of your wedding and... Someone's threatening to ruin us. So, with yeah, the, you, there's blackmail and, and um, you know, you're having doubts and you almost basically do have an affair with another guy and yeah. all this stuff. And, and, and people, you know, it's supposed to be about, in theory, I guess, about this character, you know, about Catherine Hepburn's character about who the person she is right Mm -hmm. internally sort of and there's a lot of talking that goes on about that and you know and and the way people describe it is pretty strong right the people the the way people apparently see her which is not how the audience sees her at all it's just i don't know i don't understand like the movie is so all over the place and has no idea what it wants to be or do it seems like it keeps zigzagging and swerving and like thinking like oh maybe we'll do this or be this oh no no we're gonna be this do this and it's like it can't at the end it's just like i don't know it's also like extremely inconsistent like it has no particular visual style or even acting style or shot style things come out of nowhere and they're never done again like I remember at the beginning of the film, they like, hey, uh, we're getting on our horses now, and we go through a lot of trouble to pan down to the spy magazine that's getting trampled by the horses. Imagery? Question mark, question mark. And then we cut to the spy magazine offices. So it's like, oh, is this like a film that's trying to do kind of like creative juxtaposition now like are we going to be like oh we're we look at an object and then we cut to something that's related to that object kind of stuff nope never done again it's like that was probably right? honestly that was the most filmmaking that was shot the most filmmaking the- shot in the whole thing so i was like oh is that our grammar it's like nope that was just a thing that someone a did and we never do it again there's other stuff like that where it's like we're doing like like We'll we'll do regular shots yeah. between the people, and then suddenly there'll be a full like a uh, 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 the the kind I forget the the technical name for these shots, but there's there's shots that are like kind of more over the shoulder shots. They're the they're kind of more on the one eighty like switch 
kind of shots. Yeah, I mean, over the shoulder. Over the sh- they're, they're not really over the shoulder because it's not another person's shoulder in there. But then they'll do the full face view. There, there are names for these shots if, uh, that I'm just forgetting. They're, they're in the cinematography book. So if you <laughs> look. And it's very jarring. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, ah, why is this person in my face all of a sudden? And they tried to do it at times when people were supposed to be more enamored with people, but it worked the opposite for me. It just, like, made me go, oh, God, like, I don't want Jimmy Stewart staring at me like that. Right? Like, it was very – I didn't like it. It was very unsettling. So there were other things like that that got used, like, one time, basically. Mm-hmm. And they just – all of that just felt inconsistent and sloppy. It didn't – work just like the spy magazine thing was weird i was like okay is that like a thing we're doing now because it wasn't a good shot it was like a lousy pan down is like almost like a handheld pan down really bad so i don't know everything about this movie i did not like it's up to and including the fact that i have no idea what the layout of this mansion is so i never knew where we were it was very confusing i didn't know like what the relationship were between various places Mm -hmm. so really nothing like the set Stuff didn't work very well for me. The cinematography didn't work. The directing was horrible. The acting was bad. I I have nothing positive. Me. The writing was the worst part for sure. And off we go. Yeah, I guess I don't really have anything positive to say that the movie itself is doing specifically. It's it's the only thing is like, well, it's an old movie and that can be kind of fun. Just because just it's old, yeah. Just because it's old and you're not, you know, it's... It's the first time I've seen Jimmy Stewart that he wasn't old. Yes, that's what I was saying. Like, I'm used so. to seeing, you know, like, I've seen Cary Grant in the Hitchcock stuff and Jimmy Stewart in the Hitchcock stuff. I've seen Cary Grant when he was younger. I've seen Mr. Blanding Bills' Dream House, like I said yeah, before. Yeah. I've seen Bring Up Baby, uh, and I recall him being pretty young then. Yeah, I know. And uh, he doesn't, you know, in North by Northwest, he's uh, not, like, super old or anything. Another thing I noticed was Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart look very lanky. Like well, Jimmy everyone... Stewart in particular is very is a very thin guy. Yeah, so, like, everyone was thin in this. And it it was almost creepy. It was like a Slender Man vibe. I think that's just the probably that was the the beauty standards of the time. Must a be, bit, you know, um, you know. I, I I mean, I think like the fashion and stuff was really cool. Like the outfits she was wearing were really uh, interesting. Like the you know the the styles, I guess, of like the forties, like the way they do the hair and the the big like shoulder pads is very eighties almost. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I that's why I say like the only interesting thing is sort of separate from the movie itself a little bit, which is just. That little, like, window into a, a different time. Part of it, that's entertaining just from a visual, like, observation kind of standpoint. Yes. That was the only thing I think that, like, kept me kind of going in the movie a little bit was just the periodness of it. I would also mention that the only character I liked in this entire movie was the photographer. And this movie had a similar problem to Vertigo in that respect. It was, like, the exact same setup as Vertigo exact same setup as Vertigo, which is that Mm. Jimmy Stewart hangs out with a girl who's way cooler and more interesting to me (laughs) than who he ends up falling in love with or whatever. And so I'm just kind of annoyed. I'm like, why are you interested in this person? She's super annoying. I didn't like her. And I liked the other girl. So it's like, this is just, you're just kind of annoying me now. I had that same reaction in Vertigo. Like, like... Right, and they're well, both painters. Yeah, well, like it's like the Vertigo setup and, well, again. You know, and, and in the case of Vertigo, it just kind of throws her out and forgets about her. But in this movie, it's like she's just there. Well, not only that, it's also like at the end, Catherine Hepburn's like, 
I wouldn't, I'm not going to marry, end up with Jimmy Stewart because I think that photographer yeah. lady would be upset about it. It's like, and the photographer's like, yeah. And it's like, oh, you want to be like his yeah. second choice? Like you're, you're yeah. cool with that? You're cool with him being happy marrying another woman and being like, I guess I'll settle with you. Like you're good with that? I don't know. It was bad. <laughs> uh, it was very bad. There's old movies that, you know, have the, have a sort of more old fashioned kind of way of viewing women and men and relationships and stuff. Like I think of like Gone with the Wind or something. Right. Where there's certainly, it's sort of old-fashioned, but the way in which the characters behave in general in that movie makes a lot of sense. And like, yeah, there's things that we might consider sexist by today's standards, but in the context of the movie, I'm always understanding like how it fits in and how it works. And in like, in this movie, it's just, it doesn't make sense. There are definitely old movies which take a would take what we would now consider a sexist approach yes. to how they are setting up their characters, but which do not feel odd when you watch them. Yes. Because you understand that dynamic. Yes. Because it's just a traditional dynamic. And the movie clearly wanted you to think about it that way. So it wasn't fighting its own premise. It's like, this is just the nuclear family, and this is how people did things. And the wife was going to be in the kitchen, and the dad Mm -hmm, was going to go to work, and that's the structure of this thing. And then we have scenes that make sense in that environment. Mm -hmm. So you can criticize them on societal grounds or whatever else you want, but they they aren't self-inconsistent. Right. So I think what you're talking about here is the fact that they are self-inconsistent. We don't need to be offended by something for societal reasons. No. You can take all of that away in this movie, and it's just, we don't like what this character's doing. Yeah, I mean, And yet, the movie expects us to. The movie expects us to like that, as opposed to being unsettled by it. Yeah. And that's the problem. You don't even need any, you don't need any societal constructs to just have that reaction. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, I think, like, there's there's movies we've seen, I mean, I think Blade Runner, I mean, it's an, it's an, it's not as old as this movie, but like, no, it's not. But I'm just saying, like, there's a there's a fairly there's some messed up stuff happening yes. there between your male and your female character, yes. almost violent. Yes. Um, but it's presented in a way where that that messiness feels like it's it's part of the narrative. It's 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 not swept under the rug, right? It's like I mean, I would actually say it makes the movie better yeah. because it is very complicated yeah. and unsettling which is what that movie is the entire time right right it's right? it's not just like you know oh your husband beats you and we just you end up getting back with him and never really deal with the fact that it's never addressed yeah that he was violent towards you and uh, or you know your father comes back from being away and blames you, his daughter, for the fact that he's having an affair, which is just straight up cruel. Yeah. And like, and then and that's never addressed. And it's just, and it's treated as though that's actually true. And I, I'm just, that's, it's just needlessly kind of cruel. No, Meh. it's, it, that's this movie in a so. nutshell. It really doesn't seem to care about how the audience might perceive the actions of the characters. It just, has a way that it wanted them perceived and expects you to do that with no assistance. Yes. And that is a lousy screenplay. That's what that is. And and a lousy screenplay that is made worse because it is totally unsupported by the actor's Correct. performance choices. Yes. Like, they, at times, is probably even contradicted by the, the performances. So, which makes it even more confusing. So. Yes. 
Anyway, that's it for the Philadelphia story, I think. Right? I don't have anything else to say other than don't watch this film. <laughs> it's terrible. Absolutely terrible. I'm sure, like, there's better movies you can watch if you want to see Jimmy Stewart, Katherine Hepburn, or Cary Grant. This is probably not. I don't think I've one. ever seen a good movie with any of those people in it. I mean, there's I'm probably, sure there are, but yeah. I just don't know what they are. Because that period of movie making is, like, my least favorite. Yeah. I just don't like what they do. I don't like... The comedy doesn't land. The drama doesn't stick. I like the, t- the style of acting is not. It's, it's just yeah. I yep. don't like the filmmaking. I don't like the acting. There might be a movie if we looked pretty hard. Um, maybe with Catherine Hepburn because I've seen more. With, I haven't seen she much also, with her. She also does some stuff later on, like when she's older. That's probably um, that's probably where I'd look. Yeah. Right? Uh, but either way, don't watch this film. It's terrible. It is neither romantic nor a comedy. So I'm not sure how it ended up getting in rom com month other than we were sold a bill of goods on that's, the description. Yeah. Uh, yep. so sorry about that, but we don't know till we watch it. So yeah. here you go. Look, man, it's just, you know, the, it builds up your movie bank, you know, yeah. in your head. Like you've seen now one more movie from a different era. Now you've seen the Philadelphia story or hopefully you didn't have to because we saw it for you. Uh, so that's going to be it for rom-coms month. We haven't officially picked next month's theme, but it's seeming like it's going to be a Casey picks. Seems like I get I get to run rampant. So I have never run rampant over the movie club, but it sounds like that's what's where it's going. So probably maybe by the time you hear this, we'll have already posted like a schedule. If not, it'll be very shortly after this that we will post a schedule for the month of March that is some sort of Casey picks. Exciting. Yeah. I'm getting tingles right now. Oh my god. That's right. All right. Well, we will see you next week for the start of a new month to be determined. Take it easy, everybody. Bye.